Thanks for joining us for our audio blog for October 4th, 2019, part two, mini binders. Here's part two of our mini binder project. The resource was definitely a labor of love, but we realized that if we were writing a curriculum that we wanted teachers to really use, we felt like we needed to set them up for the best success possible. We ended up talking in our part one about how we had our standards aligned, our number talks, and then our model drawings. We're now going to boom us into the next section of the mini binder as we are continuing more of the parts of the pieces that need for implementation. The next section is CPA, Concrete Pictorial Abstract. Manipulatives are a very important part of quality math instruction so that kids understand the standard being taught in the unit. In the past, I've made lists for teachers of different tools they need for teach various concepts such as place value disks, maybe Cuisinaire rods, etc. But sometimes with everything going on, you may have the tools pulled out and have no idea how to put them into the current unit. If you're new to the grade level or the subject area, you might not even know what a Cuisinaire rod is or a wreck and rack, right? To make this section more friendlier as an, a resource that could be used by teachers that are in new grades, we included pictures of the tools that would be used in the mass salad bar for each unit. Additionally, the lessons, more for that later as we do our next blog next week, we want to include additional suggestions for CPA tools that might support the concept. For example, the book might not recommend using Sorry, the book might recommend using place value base 10 blocks, but when we look at adding our place value discs and strips and place value mat, it can help kids a little bit differently. So for some of our tools, we included our out-of-the-box uses, for example, of how to use an abacus, maybe to help with um, quantities other than 1 to 100, maybe for fractions, decimals, division, multiplication. It's been so fun to watch the idea of the mass salad bar take off in a lot of the schools. It's a simple concept that I designed with 10 drawers on one side and five on the other with dry erase labels so students know where to put them, and we have plastic salad bowls on top. Typically in a classroom, math manipulatives are stored in a secured location only to be accessed by teachers, but as we attempt to develop more independence of our students, the mass salad bar is open during math time and is a place that students can go to get manipulatives that they need to help support and develop the reinforcement of that particular school, that particular skill. The teachers might model the use of manipulatives quickly out of the document camera, but we want to move towards letting kids have the valuable time to explore the math ideas on their own with supporting resources. To facilitate that, we wanted teachers to be able to, at a glance, know exactly what to include in their math salad bar. There are some things in the salad bar, like dice and clear counters, that might be an all-year tool for many of the games, but we wanted this section of the binder to be very clear on what materials should be ready for student use. We don't have to spend time trying to organize the manipulatives for use. The next section of the binder included games. For each unit, we selected between two and six standard-based games that would be available on the math salad bar for kids to play during the math with someone station and math workshop. We didn't want games that would keep them busy, quote-unquote. We wanted students to get their hands on materials and explore 
with other people collaboratively in the group setting. Some math games already provide great application games, but sometimes those games tend to require a lot of prep. By the time you're done laminating and cutting and having it look cute, the unit might be already over. And typically the pieces don't live to see another year because they're lost or destroyed. These are the five criteria we use when selecting math games. We call it the Shannon's Golden Rule for quality math instruction. A quality math game should include the mathematical practices. This should include easy differentiation options and should be adjustable for all learners. It should be low prep. That means it requires very few pieces, nothing cute, and no color. Accountability. Students should be able to demonstrate their learning with the accountability and longevity. They should be able to play that game if it meets the requirement for two or three weeks, so you're not constantly having to refill games. We gathered games from many different resources. Of course, many of the students involved numeracy, so we were able to use MyDecoDot games to help level, um, to use various levels of differentiation, which you can learn easily by watching our video tutorials on SIS, the number four teachers.org. Another great resource is K5 Math Teaching Resources was another in value resources as their games are listed by standard, which makes it easy to come up with standard-based games to play. They are simple and simply and have very simple prep and use minimal colors and pieces. We also went on Embark.online, which is based on Eureka Math program and is organized by grade level. For each unit in the mini binder, we included a picture of the student game board and all the materials for the game. So at a glance, teachers could have the information they needed. Some teachers took their section of their mini binder out and put it put it in its own binder by the math salad bar so students would be able to see the special math games the mini binder had to gather with the manipulatives for math with someone. To go along with this, each section of the mini binder, we did something that I've always wanted to do. We created a master game binder. This four-inch binder is packed with clear sleeves that contain game boards, accountability sheets, direction, and what directions and whatever else you need. For each game, we included three quote-unquote nice copies in clear sleeves where we granted whatever copy wishes teachers had for those materials. Print it in color, do it in cardstock, do that one double-sided. It's not that we think teachers can't do this on their own. They certainly can. But when there are new curriculums in almost every single subject in elementary, teachers simply are overwhelmed and collecting everything they need in one place takes a lot of time. Although our four-inch mini binder is huge, once we have it filled up, they'll have games for every unit. Why three copies? Well, some of the games we designed are for two players, some are for four, but if you had three copies of two-person games in your binders, you could have at least six, kid play, six kids play them at a time. With three rotations of eight to ten kids, you might have to make one or two more copies so that all kids could play. Or in order to accommodate the eight to ten kids, you might have multiple games open. For example, multiplication might be open for some kids, multiplication four in a row might be for some kids, and the array games might be available for others. Kids will get it if they, all the game boards are taken and they can just play something different. Additionally, we created three one-inch game binders intended for student use. We wanted teachers to be able to take those three copies they had in their master binder and put one of them in the smaller one-inch game binder so they can house the games in one place in the mass salad bar. 
At the end of the unit, once the games have been played and the units is over, the teacher simply opens up these three binders, collects all of the unit one games and put it back into their master binder and simply grab out the masters for the unit two and reset the binders that they're using. This works really well in grades two through five. For first grade, the success of the system depends on the temperament of your class. For our kinder kids, the binder system might be a bit difficult at the beginning of the school year while they're learning routines and transitioning. So setting out bins or centers might be a bit easier for them. Our teachers were super excited about this, especially if they didn't already have games that were standard aligned that went with the units. We've all been there. We have all these games printed in bookmarks, bookmarks, spending thousands of dollars on stuff that we intended to tie into the curriculum somehow, but we never got to it. It was a relief to our teachers to know that they had everything ready to go. But we didn't encourage teachers to make their binders. We did encourage teachers to make their binders their own. If they already had a multiplication battleship game that they absolutely loved, then feel free to add that to the binder within the unit that you're doing multiplication. We picked out games that would give us the most bang for our buck, games that students could play over a course of several units that they enjoyed and they weren't too complicated so they could play them quickly. You need some math games, you should check out our blog for our and, and our resource.